This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And Taylor, I know that you are a student of the news and a student of the world, so you, this will not surprise you, but the world changed dramatically in March. Yes. And I'm curious, because I know that you... You're in communication with a lot of traditionally published authors. I'm in communication with a lot of indie authors. I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of how all of these changes have taken or that, that have taken place are impacting the lives of authors, whether they be traditionally published or you know still working on their first novel or indie published. What are your thoughts? So do you mean in relation to their own productivity or do you mean in relation to the wide, wide world of selling books? Everything, everything. How has, how has this changed the life of an author? Well, I think, I mean, just the general sense of it that I get um, overall is that, I mean, it's obviously different from person to person, but just productivity as a general rule is way, way down. Like, it takes a lot of um, focus to be able to write. And the last year has just been maddening in terms of just constant, every day is something new. And, um, and it's really hard to stay focused for a lot of people and, and make progress and be productive when they're just in this uh, constant hit of, you know, like, what, what is it now, you know? And I know for me, it's been hugely, hugely disruptive um, dealing with current events. But then there are those who used it as, use it as a time to just hunker down and be focused, and I hate them. <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> so envious of them. <laughs> but, um, you know, trying to promote a book is already difficult enough as it is. Uh, you just like one voice screaming in the wilderness in the roar of a tornado, just trying to get any kind of traction or people to notice you. And there are no more book tours right now. And every time, like, I, I can't even imagine trying to get any kind of attention for a book every other day there's some new thing that totally dominates the news cycle and drowns out any like small thing like, Hey, so-and-so just released and launched their book. So hey, I don't have a book out right now. I mean, like on the one hand, it's been kind of frustrating that I'm still so slow at writing and I don't have anything, but at, on the other hand, it's kind of relief that I, I, I don't have to deal with that side of it in the midst of all of this, because if you're trying to put a book out now and nobody even knows it's there, it's going to be so much harder for you to do the next one. But at the same time, I think that authors who are 
like Amazon authors or indie authors who are real close to have their fingers on the pulse of launches and doing it all themselves, they're probably doing pretty well because Amazon is still in your inbox regardless. And um, whatever's in your face right now is the easiest thing to pay attention to. So I imagine that it's a real a sense of extremes and probably those who are suffering the most are like small independent presses and um, debut authors and and such. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like to have to launch a book in the middle of all of this. So that's my take on it is that it varies widely, um, but productivity is hard to come by. Do you have any people. sense from a traditional standpoint, a, a, a traditional publishing standpoint, uh, as, as to whether sales are up, down, the same? Any sense I at don't, all? just because I've been so, I, I've detached and I, I've just kind of pulled out of that world for my own sanity's sake to get off the hamster wheel and just try and, and do my own thing. I find that if I pay too much attention to what other authors are doing, it it has a very negative backlash on me and my own mental thoughts and stuff. I start comparing myself and I get really down about it. But um, just knowing how, from a past experience, how big publishing works, I would imagine that the machine just keeps on chugging and just keeps on throwing mud at the wall and just keeps on seeing what will stick. I think that they're probably focusing more and more on big name authors who already have established sales. And I, I would imagine just based on the things that I've been seeing that overall this, the, it's not a pretty picture. That's just kind of the sense I get of it. But I don't think that publishing is alone in that regard. Well, yes, that's for sure. But since we're talking about publishing, I mean, one of the good things that's come out of this, I think, um, is the number of people, you know, when I started doing podcasts, there weren't a lot of people that were doing author interview type podcasts. And I could probably name the hosts of most of those shows. And now there are between podcasts and Instagram Live and Facebook Live and YouTube Live and all these things, there, there are an enormous number of places where people are gathering small but valuable audiences <clears throat> that authors can talk to when they have new books coming out. I think that's something that's really amped up a lot over the course of the last uh, six, seven months. See, and when I'm, I hear stuff like that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and I'm seeing authors that um, would typically not be doing that kind of thing, or they might do one or two, or they might have some really rigid scheduled process that they're going through um, that their publisher has set up. And now I'm I'm seeing these authors just essentially on show after show after show after show that they're they're obviously setting up on their own to try and do what what you said you know there's there's just this uh, hurricane of noise out there and if, if you can be heard by anybody um that's a good thing so what were you gonna I, say well it's like when i hear stuff like that i i have mixed reactions because on the one hand it's good it sort of democratizes book publishing takes it out of the hands of a select few and gives more people choices, kind of how 
self Amazon did with self publishing. It, it gave opportunity to so many people to write and find their audience that they never could have had if they were wholly dependent on the very narrow, narrow entryway provided by big publishing. At the same time, it dilutes, it just, it's, we're drowning in content. Mm -hmm. And there's so much of it, even people who are faithful listeners of certain podcasts or who follow certain um, review channels or whatever, uh, even they can't keep up with the amount that's coming at them. So the, the impact of each interview, of each podcast, for any one particular author, unless you're going to get on a show that has like a massive following, um, it, it becomes a, a, it becomes a, a no-win situation in choices because doing that type of promotion takes time and energy away from writing. And you have to write to be able to stay on the hamster wheel. You always have to be writing. And so every everything you do to promote your book is taking you away from what you really should be doing. And so it becomes a situation of, is it worth it? And you end up where the answer is, yes, it's worth it because I have no other options. But you don't actually know if you're ever going to see any result of the effort that you're putting in, in in doing that type of promotion. Whereas you do know that you'll see a result from writing your book because you'll get it finished. But what good does that do if you can't sell it? <laughs> because there's no, it's just this constant back and forth, right? And there's mm -hmm. real, no real, there's no real um, obvious path or obvious way, so much of it is just luck of the draw and timing. And, you know, maybe you just happen to have written the book that catches fire in that moment and takes off. But the guy who was five minutes before you or five minutes after you could have if he'd been in your shoes. Or maybe you actually wrote the book that everybody was waiting for and it would have taken off with or without all of that input it's just it's it's like you can't prognosticate you just have you just get caught up in this this riptide and you have to go with it and you don't even have a choice which is why I'm in the situation I'm in now is that my choice was just to get out of the slipstream just I'm done I can't do this anymore because it was destroying me and my health and my mind. And um, some people obviously are going to have better, far better constitution to deal with it than I did, and which good for them. But there are so many authors who are just uh, like, what do you do? You know, what do you do? So on the one hand, it's really good. I'm really happy to see this, this sort of dam break and it opens up where there's more opportunity to promote. And on the other, I've already seen what happens when that happens and I'm like, okay, well it is, it just is what it is. There's no point in having an opinion on it because it just exists. And now you roll with it and you do what you can. You know? Well, I think what's interesting is, is not so much what's happening now, but what it's going to lead to. 
and I don't know I don't know what it's going to lead to, but it's it's the change is happening and change I mean change has been happening in the in the publishing world as we've talked about ad nauseum, uh, especially in the traditional publishing world over the course of the last ten or fifteen years, and it's just it's really starting to accelerate now and. I, I was listening to a podcast, just a, it was an interview with a venture capitalist, and they were talking about uh, what was happening in the world of e-commerce. And this particular person said that, in, in her opinion, that the last six, six to nine months have brought on like a condensed 10-year expansion into online transactions. And people yeah, who I... would never have done this... Um, a year ago are now comfortable doing things like ordering groceries online and having them delivered yeah. and things like that. I'm, I'm one of them. I, you know, I, the idea of doing that is just like, Oh, really? Are you kidding me? But now I do the online ordering thing. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and for years I've, I've thought I've, I've gone to, you know, not, not that I'm stalking traditional publishers, but I, I'll go to big publishing websites and wonder why there's no buy button anywhere. It's, it's like, I don't well, really I, understand I think this. I, can, I think I can tell you that. Well, let me, let me finish because it's changing. And it's, it, first it went from there's nothing other than, you know, you can click here to get a description of the book to then you could click here to get a description of the book and you could buy it from these 19 resellers, one of whom would be Amazon, one of whom would be Barnes and Noble and a bunch of indies and et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm seeing at least a few of the of the larger publishers where you can buy it from us and we'll ship it to you. And you know, and obviously they're jobbing all of that out, but that's a major shift. It is. Absolutely is a major shift. And it has to do with the uh, distribution channels and who it is that is responsible for selling books because in you know, even 5 years ago, 7 years ago, uh, independent booksellers and bookstores were the majority where the majority of books were sold. And you don't want to compete with the people who are selling your books. This is why authors often, even if they have books, won't sell them directly to uh, readers simply because why would you bite the hand that feeds you? If books, if bookstores have been really good in promoting your work and recommending your work to readers, why would you turn around and sell a book that they can no longer sell and, and stay in business? So that was the mentality for a long time. And then when, as Amazon started grabbing a lot, the larger and larger portion of the lion's share, that became less and less important um, because, you know, they don't mind taking a sale from Amazon. And if that's where all if that's where the majority of book sales are going nowadays, well, so be it. Then they might as well get in on that. And also, I think like with companies like Ingram being able to do actual distribution direct to um, and I'm sure there are other companies out there that can distribute almost in a drop ship sort of way. It takes it off the publisher. And I don't think that even existed a certain number of years ago. So the industry has also changed enough to allow publishers to do that. But it's a big mind shift, a big, uh, a big shift in how they're doing biz, how they see the business going, that they're willing to actually sell books directly off their websites. Yeah, and, and the, the way you put it, it kind of makes sense that the pandemic is forcing decisions that would have been emotionally hard to make before. Like, I, yeah, we don't really want to be selling books ourselves because of we want 
the indie bookstores to be to be selling these books. But if people can't go to the indie bookstores, then somehow or other you've got to get the books to them. Yeah. And so it forces it 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 just accelerates that whole process and something that at least to me seemed really obvious five or six years ago and was moving very slowly has now started to move very quickly. So I want I wonder I'm kind of I'm kind of glad for it in a way because like if you ask a reader, hey, you know, who's your favorite publisher or what kind what what publisher produces books that you like to read? They just kind of look at you like you're crazy. The only ones who might actually know the answer to that are those who enjoy like maybe Harlequin romance because the the type of book is so specific to the publisher that publishes that book. But as a general rule, readers wouldn't be able to tell you one way or the other who publishes the books that they like. And so publishers are just sort of a facilitator of getting books into the market. They're not branded in their own way of, hey, we produce these types of books, even though that's what they do. Like every imprint has its own specific focus of what types of book they, books they produce. But a reader, very, very few readers would ever go, hey, let me go and see what books that imprint is putting out. They just know maybe the author that they particularly like, but which is stupid because if an imprint is focusing on specific types of books, there's a really good chance that readers who enjoyed one of their authors are going to enjoy another one of their authors. And it's this enormous lost opportunity they had for branding themselves as a name. Now, inside the industry itself, it's well known, oh, those guys focus on this, these guys focus on that. And agents will even tell you, oh, I don't think that's a good place to put your book because they're more known for this. But let's go over here. They're known for la, 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 right? So inside the industry, everybody knew that. But as far as readers know, readers couldn't tell you one way or the other. But if publishers start actually focusing their brand in that way where you can actually go to their website and you can buy directly from them. And then you start to notice, oh, well, they've got this other author that I've heard of. Maybe I should give their books a try too. It just by default, what they're already doing begins to form name recognition where people start looking out for what it is that they are producing. And it, it's like, wow, it's taken 200 years for them to figure that out, but good for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think it was probably about a year and a half ago uh, where I, I was reading maybe the fifth or sixth book in a series that I, that I've really enjoyed. And I'm, I'm, because I read a lot of indie books, if you get to the back of an indie book, you're going to get an ad for another book by that author, more than likely, if they have other books or if there's a next book in the series, there'll be an ad for that. Or if it's an if it's a small press, you might you might get an ad for something similar. But I got to the end of it. They used to put those in. They used to put those in mass market paperback books, right? So this, yeah, this is what I saw was just like the old mass market paperbacks. I got to the end of this book, and the publisher is Henry Press, and I I don't know everything that they publish, but I know they publish cozy type mysteries. And in the back, there were like five other carefully selected books that were perfect. If you like this book, you would like these other books too. And I, that was the first time I'd seen that in the back of an ebook from an, from an actual publisher. Yeah. I and, don't even know why they haven't. I, there's so many things like, cause not only is that benefiting the publisher that is su- it's supporting the work of their other authors, right? Yes. Yes. But I don't know why they never did that before. And it's like, there's so many things you felt your publisher could do to support your work, but they just didn't. And they might've had reasons, 
whatever they were. But um, it's kind of cool to see that they're changing. Well, there might have been a sense that, you know, we're too good to advertise something in the back of our book. It, it, yeah, it, but it, they would it, advertise, they'd spend $10,000 to put an advertisement in, like, the New York Times Review or something, which is pointless. It's, like, such a waste of money. Yes, um, but that, that has a certain amount of cachet. It, it you know, does. You're not doing the same thing that some indie author could do by putting an ad in the back of your um, ebook. I know, but, like, as an author who has no say-so in how that money is spent, I'd yes. much rather they put that money towards actually something that would pay off and do some good than just for me to say, oh, cool, they paid this money to put me in this advertising second section that just puts me deeper in their debt of what it's going to take for them to feel like <laughs> I'm worth it. You know, like that doesn't help me. It, it, no, thank you. But maybe I'm just weird in that. Yes, and it costs... Nothing. I'm going. I was going to say next to nothing, but it literally costs nothing to to put these ads in the back of the books. And if you track what happens with those links in the back of the books, especially if it's for other books in the series, um, it's shocking the number of times they get clicked from inside e-readers and phones and tablets and things like that. I would that, say you have a much higher chance of getting clicks there than just about anywhere because you are right in front of the reader's face. Yes, and if, if I mean, it, it's almost a no-brainer if it's the next book in the series, but say it's the last book in the series and, and you've got three other series. If you're a publisher and you've got three other series that are very similar to this or the author's tone is similar to this, it's like, boy, you're really missing an opportunity if you don't do that. So that's another thing that I, I can see changing. And I, I'm starting to see more indie publisher advertising techniques used by bigger publishers now. Which and really sucks for indie authors because that now it's like they have to go reinvent the wheel well, all over again. Yeah, but again. that's just the nature of that's the nature of life. It's, you know, somebody comes up with a good idea and then it gets copied and then you've got to go come up with another good idea. It, it yeah, just, that's true. You, you don't get to have a good idea and then have everyone say, wow, that's a good idea. You're the only one that can try it. There, you told me you can never, and all of a sudden my brain goes, hmm, let well, me see about you this. Can, you, can, you might be able to copyright <laughs> something or trademark something and, and sue people out of doing it. I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about the success that some authors are, are having with TikTok. Hmm. And I'm just like, I, I, I know what TikTok is, and every time I look at it, I shiver. Um, but there's there some people that are having success with that. So... As as we've been clamped down upon, you know, people are reaching out and and finding new ways, finding new ways to do things. So I, think, I get back I to my think, original okay. point, and and that was that while th things are changing and there are some good things coming out of it, I think that in a few years we'll look back and say, "Wow, look at all the good things that came out of this." I hope so. I think like if you were to ask me, if you were. Well, I mean, every, everybody's going to be different in what works for them because, like me, for example, I, I abhor social media. I do not have the brain power to go on and make posts. And, you know, I've never gotten into Instagram. I've never gotten to Snapchat. Any of these things that are visual mediums that you've got to create visual content, I'm out. I just do not have the energy for that or the interest or the desire. And it just, I feel like it just dilutes my energy. But I feel like, in the times that we're living in now, um, 
people are in search of quality content doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be books, but it's going to be something that brings them joy or happiness or, you know, distracts them or fills the hours. But they're also, I think there's a big gap, a need for uh, personal connection, like especially for those who really thrived on hanging out with friends or doing things, the extroverts among us. Um, so I think when social media plays a role in connecting, you know, like you're saying about TikTok, connecting, you know, writers with their audience, it's almost more that it's creating this connection of like hanging out or interaction because we're starved for that. We're starved for, for the social aspect of life that used to be and isn't anymore. And I think that that's for those who are able to and who understand how to use those tools in that way, they could be they can be really, really powerful tools um, if, if you focus on the fact that people are lonely and isolated and seeing you on the screen brightens their day. And it's not. And yes, it's about your book, but it's also about you as a human being. I think I think mm-hmm. there's a. There's a vacuum for that right now and probably will be for some time to come. Interesting times, though. And I, I, I'm just a firm believer that um, things over the long haul work out well. And I'm just I'm excited to see how how all of this goes and, and, and what it's going to be like to be an author in another three or four years, because they're, they're going to we're just going to see such accelerated change over the next few years. I mean, think of what you were talking in the last show, the whole idea now that um, you can go out and you can hire somebody to be a, an editor that used to be a Big Five editor. And yeah. so it, it, it's simply the opportunities a, a, a are question there, of money. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we have, uh, we have used up our allotment of time for this week. It's been an interesting chat. It's been a while since we've had a, uh, just a, a chatty kind of uh, an interview or a show. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's good to be here. Thank you for being here. And of course, we're always interested in hearing your thoughts. So feel free to uh, chime in on the conversation.